Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, of course, Cougar great quarterback John Beck on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing good. What's going on, guys? John, have you become greater and greater as the years have gone on? I mean, people are definitely kinder to me on the radio as the years have gone on. (laughs) (laughs) You got us there. That's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Well, hey, John, tell us, what what are you up to, man? You still still coaching quarterbacks there in Southern California? Yep, same old, just on the road now with all of our NFL guys uh, getting ready to report to camp. This has been kind of the last final days before everybody – Reports to their training camps and then things are underway. So after that, we really only have about a week and a half left before most colleges are done reporting. And then that's it. We just now it's time to see all the work that everybody's put in and let it all play out and just kind of enjoy the work of the off season. And then we do do things in season with guys, but it's obviously not as uh, not as much. So, John, does do you run the gamut as far as the talent level goes with this uh, from uh, the high school straight up to the NFL? Is that how it works? Well, so here's the thing. Our, our primary focus is with our elite guys, our NFL guys, and then because of a lot of the NFL guys that we have, the collegiate players and the high school kids, they find out about us and what we're doing and who we're working with. And obviously being in Southern California, there's a lot of – a lot of talent and a lot of, uh, you know, young kids and their dads that are really pursuing this thing full force. So we do have a lot of young guys that come to us. But if I had to say what is kind of our main focus, it really truly is the amount of time that we dedicate uh, to our top-tier NFL guys. John, give us your kind of takeaways. What did you see in Zach Wilson last year, and what kind of potential does this guy have there at BYU? I think he's got a ton of potential. I think that's not a secret. You know, anybody that watched what he did last year as a freshman was impressed by it. Um, I think that obviously when they kind of switched things around offensively and did some things that suited his skill set better and I think also used his experience and it wasn't requiring a young kid to play a game that he wasn't used to playing. They were they kind of morphed the offense to say, okay, let's, Let's bring in some things that kind of align with your experience level and what you may have done in high school um, to allow him to just play fast and play free. So I was really impressed with that. I thought it was smart, some of the things they did. And I think that from a skill set, uh, you know, he has a talented live arm. He has the ability to make plays on the move, to get out and scramble and pick up first downs with his legs. Um, in my time being around him, his football, you know, light is always on. So it's like to me that's a guy that's always willing and ready to learn and is always kind of pushing that envelope and I think it's also a guy that's going to learn a lot from his experiences you know he's still going to be a young quarterback Uh, he still has only probably I think what is it like six or seven games under his belt so when he steps on the field this year they're still going to be learning experiences but in my time playing and also coaching I've just seen that there are some guys that when they experience those mistakes or failures because of inexperience they learn quickly from them and they they don't really repeat them. But then you have other guys where they sometimes make the same mistake. So from my vantage point and my time being around him, Zach comes across as a guy to me that is going to, when mistakes are made, learn from them quickly. And that's exciting. John, maybe you already addressed this with that answer, but if you if you were to identify the, the single most important and maybe the most difficult thing for a young quarterback to grasp, what would you say? Oh, that's a good question. That's honestly one that, uh, you know, 
probably to be able to pause and think about all the factors because there are so many things. And here's what my answer is going to be. I'm not going to essentially say it's one thing that is across the board for all quarterbacks, but I'm going to say each quarterback brings an individual art form to the way that they play the game. And then within that, there is something specific to what that guy needs to do to be his best. Because I see this all the time with quarterbacks. Maybe what I, Maybe what I recognize in one and I know is the thing that he needs to do to reach that next level may be different from somebody else. I mean, you can make easy statements, right? Like somebody uneducated can get up here and say, well, it's decision-making. Across the board, everybody has to be a good decision-maker. Or I can say, well, they have to be accurate. doesn't matter how well you know the X's and O's of the game. If you can't deliver a football with accuracy, you can't play the quarterback position. So, you know, but all of those are, I feel like, are the easy answers. Um, I feel like it's really more dependent on the player themselves because I know guys that succeed in the NFL that aren't that accurate of throwers. I know guys that succeed in the NFL that don't know the X's and O's that great or actually aren't all that decisive. But the way that they choose to play the game, they have found a way to be successful. And that's why it's all predicated based off each individual and their strengths and weaknesses. John Beck is with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, John, you had so many weapons when you played at BYU. I mean, when I when I think back on your career, I'm picturing, you know, you dropping one in the breadbasket to Todd Watkins for the long ball, right? And you have those great tight ends. How important is it that some weapons really emerge for Zach Wilson at BYU? It's everything. In this game, uh, the quarterback relies so heavily upon the guys around him to – make plays, to get open, to just run the offense. It's, you know, it's not a quarterback dropping back there and the offense is ran for itself. You have to have guys that are out there, and it's a coordinated effort of all the other 10 guys around the quarterback to then give him an opportunity to do his job. You know, I mean, we can even talk about the offensive line as being weapon. If it wasn't for my offensive line my senior year, who knows you know, how some of those games go. I had a solid offensive line, and when you – put a shaky offensive line in front of a quarterback, you know, everybody says it makes his job harder. It makes everybody's job harder because now receivers, the amount of time that they have to try to get open or the run game, it's not setting things up quite like it can. If you can't run the football, most of the time your play-action pass game is hampered and vice versa. So really, it's, it's Zach needs everybody around him. Every quarterback does. Some of the guys, I'll just use an example, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford on the football field is one of the most talented throwers uh, but if Matt Stafford doesn't have arms around, I mean, uh, sorry, guys around him, it doesn't matter what type of arm he has. It doesn't matter his abilities because he can't make any play by himself. No quarterback can. You need those guys around you. See, Jake, I hope you're listening to John right now because he's underscoring a point that you and I have been talking about for days now. He is, I know. And he's siding with me. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly how I heard it, but but yeah, I mean, and I do think John has some more uh, a lot of credibility on well, the matter. Well, John, excuse me, we were talking about Jordan Love up at Utah State and how important it is for that offensive line of his to come together for him. He's a great talent, but he needs help. It's right on. I mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've actually had conversations where people ask me about Jordan or what I think or how do I think Utah State's going to be. And the first thing I say is, well, it just depends on what everybody else around him, like like their level of play. Is he going to be protected? Um, you know, Michael Vick was one of the most elusive quarterbacks I've ever seen with my own eyes. Um, the things that he could do on a football field. But even then, uh, at the NFL level, like Michael Vick couldn't run away from everybody. You can't just pull a rabbit out of a hat on every play. Like, it does not matter how talented you are. As a quarterback, you have to have guys around you that can make plays. 
And making plays doesn't necessarily mean talent, right? It means the, the ability to have the skill necessary required to make a play. That doesn't always equal talent. You can take somebody that has a 40-inch vertical, okay, and call that talent. But if that guy can't get open in man coverage and a guy that has a 31-inch vertical can, that's the guy you want on the football field with you, and he may be considered a less talented guy. So it's really about guys that make plays. And, you know, if they don't have an offensive line at Utah State, it's going to be really hard for Jordan to have the same type of year he had last year. What do you think about uh, Jordan as a, a pro prospect? Do you think he's got potential? You know, I have to say, I haven't evaluated him as like a prospect. I only caught him in the games that I caught a few of their games um, outside of the BYU game. I watched the BYU game, um, but I haven't been able to see enough ball of him to give an, an uh, accurate, you know, is he a prospect or not? I mean, from what I'm hearing uh, is, that he, is that he is and that NFL teams are looking at him as a prospect. I don't know if they have him in like, you know, preseason. They always come out those top five, like Mel Piper, Todd McShay. They always put out their top five and... It's usually, you know, about three of the five are correct when all of a sudden it comes down to it at the NFL draft time. But I know that there are people that have talked about what he did last year and the potential that he can have this year. Uh, last year, Jake, who's your lookalike up at Utah State? Yost. Uh, yeah, Coach yeah. Yost. Coach Yost said that Jordan at one point, uh, I think it was against the Cougars, actually, he said that he threw a touchdown pass to uh, a running back, but he said it was his fourth target in his progression and that's when he knew that he was really maturing as a quarterback how important is that is that is that an indication that a quarterback is really grasping what the coaches want him to be yeah i think it's you know it all depends right because sometimes you can get a young quarterback that gets to his fourth progression because he started on the wrong side of the field so (laughs) i think it all depends on did he get through it the right way is what he's seeing what's actually happening out there and is he progressing through it in the timing and a rhythm that shows that he has command of the offense that's that's the big thing i've seen guys just get to get to people because hey they're they're kind of backyarding it out there and they're they're kind of going by feel and they scramble up in the pocket they throw it to somebody and hey yeah that was the fourth time the progression they got to or did they do it because the command of the offense that they have they eliminated one based off of the coverage because of the certain key defender now they get to their they're three and four, and they do it in the right way, seeing everything, just how it played out, and then they can give you an answer as to how they got there. That's the big thing, right? Do they have the mental answers? Are their eyes seeing it correctly? That's the command of a guy that really then, then things can, he can become very dangerous is when he's at that point because then not only can he capitalize and run the plays effectively, but then that tells you that he's seeing things a step ahead, and when he's doing that, he can then, if the coach gives him the freedom to do it, he can then start adding things to his plays, or he can start eliminating things even sooner and getting the ball to somebody that split second sooner, which is the difference between a guy getting tackled after he catches the ball for a five-yard gain or a ten-yard gain, because the really good quarterbacks get the balls into guys' hands in more space to allow them to run with more yards after the catch. That is a big, big thing of a quarterback showing where he's at. You know, it would be a treat, Jake, would be to watch a football game with John. Just have him yeah. in your ear telling you, you what you're might, looking at? You think you might be able to learn a thing or two? I think you could. Yeah, probably. You know what, though, guys? I don't say a word. When I watch football games, <laughs> I'm the quiet guy. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> sitting there. I mean, I definitely watch the game completely different. I think, like, uh, I 
I will only listen to certain people announcing games. Um, like a lot of the time, I just want to listen to it uh, mute. Um, but you know, I'm I'm a guy that rewinds a lot of plays, so you're not going to actually. You're probably going to get annoyed because of how many times I rewind something to want to like see it again. Uh, so if you're there to enjoy the game, I'm probably not the one you want to watch it with. But if, if you're okay with me treating it a little bit like game tape, then you can watch a game with me. Well, I will say this, John, because I remember when you were in college, especially in the early years, you relied on a lot of things that other people were saying. I remember you were, you quoted various books and whatnot, but now you're that guy. You're the guy. Well, those days back then, you know, I'll tell you what it was. It was a search for – I had – I yes, I played football, but not only is it a challenge to leave the game for a few years when you serve a mission, but the game that I was playing when I came back was not the same game that I was playing when I left. What my high school required me to do from an offensive standpoint, the way that I had to manage the game, was completely different when I got to BYU. And then also the atmosphere – the atmosphere that I was around, it just so happened that the Pop Warner team I was on, the high school I was on, there were so many similarities. And then all of a sudden I get to college and it was very different. I had never lost back-to-back football games in my life until I got to BYU. The culture was different. The belief system was different. The things I was having to do uh, offensively were things that were very new to me. So I was, I, I was trying to learn a lot really fast. And, you know, BYU was in a little bit of disarray with some of the situations of coaches. You know, I had Bosco my first year, and then there wasn't a QB coach my second year because Gary wanted to do all the things. But Gary wasn't always available in meetings because he had head coach responsibilities or uh, or some other things. So a lot of the times in meetings, uh, it was just kind of watch the tape on your own. And I learned really quickly, you know, when, when you're trying to learn things on your own, it takes 10 times as long. If you have somebody that can be a mentor to you, that can teach you and show you things, the learning process is sped up so much. That's why I think it's so valuable when these young quarterbacks step into college or the pros and they have somebody ahead of them doing it the right way that they get to watch and learn from. I believe that their learning process is sped up. But when you got to figure it out on your own, you tend to have failures more. You have to learn things the hard way. And, you know, a lot of my experience, I look back and – it was a lot of that. It was a lot of trying to do something that I really hadn't done before. Uh, and a lot of my learning experiences came on game day where I would throw a certain ball into a certain look or something. It wouldn't work out, but I'd never seen that look before, or I just had never been in that situation. And a lot of that was kind of learning on the fly. And I tried to do the best that I could to seek answers, to find people that could help me to reach out to those that I knew would have information that could help me be a better football player faster. And, you know, a lot of the reading that I did was because I felt like I could have an impact on the culture of the team, on the culture of the football program in general. So a lot of the books that I read were like on mindset, leadership, all these different things to how can I influence everybody around me in a way so that this place gets back on track because I just did not, I did not want it to stay the way that it felt when I got there. So something had to be done. And I, you know what? And I loved that challenge. It was, I look back on that time of my life, it was a really hard time, but gosh, it was so fun to have that challenge. And that's some of the stuff that I miss nowadays. I get some of it here and there with some of my quarterbacks, but just having that thing that you're like working towards that feels like you're on an uphill climb, I love that in life. John, who is the best quarterback you've ever seen on film or in person? Oh, geez. That is a tough one. I mean, well, I mean, it just kind of depends. I, I, I think, you know, 
Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, some of the ways that those guys play the game, uh, game day live. Uh, I mean, I've seen them have some bad games. I mean, I was on the Ravens when Peyton Manning threw five picks. So I think that, you know, everybody has their bad day here and there. But I think with things that guys do, you know, I've, I've seen Matt Stafford in some of our training sessions, him and Jared Goff make some throws that are just, you know, not a lot of guys on this planet can make throws like that. Michael Vick, the way that he could do some things, he may be, I mean, I've heard this from a number of people, like Mike Vick may have thrown the ball better than anybody I've seen. He might be the best just thrower of the football. Um, so it's tough. Gosh, this is a hard question. Uh, you know, it's so easy for me to say Brady or Breeze. Shoot, I mean, I've been around Drew a ton. Uh, Drew is a, he's unbelievable at a lot of things that he does, but you know, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be wowed if you go watch a Drewby's workout. Like you may be wowed if you see some of the throws that Goff and Stafford make. But when you watch tape on Drew and you watch the way that he plays the game, he wows you every single Sunday with some of the reads, the throws, the trust that he has in that offense and some of the things that when all of a sudden you know why he's doing what he's doing, Drew's football IQ is just off the charts. So that's a tough one for me because I know so many, I just know so many guys and I've been around so many guys. It's hard to say one, but you know, I've kind of given you a list of a handful of the guys that I've seen personally uh, and they're impressive. Well, you made uh, Jake stay as a huge Vatek fan talking about Michael Vick the way you have. John's a smart guy. So, <laughs> but, but anyway. Well, John, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you real quick. I don't know how much you've seen Tyler Huntley up at Utah, but he's a guy who obviously has feet. He has speed. He has athleticism. But And forgive me for my, losing my voice, but... But can, how hard is it for a guy like that? He's a senior now, and it seems as though this this knowledge that you've talked about is coming to him. How difficult is it for a an athletic running quarterback to discipline himself, not to just take off running when things get hot? So I'll share a story. I mean, I'm not claiming that my athletic abilities when I was in college were the same as him, but I'm just going to share a story that Steve Young um, called me my freshman year so the way I got on the field as a freshman was because of just running around and making plays and he called me on the phone and said look I love the way you're making plays with your legs and your athletic ability but you you will need to learn to play the game where that becomes your last choice not your first choice so you, you're going to need to work on the things progression all these different things within an offense so that you only need to use that when you need to use it because if you start using that too much, that's when he said, I've seen injuries happen because a guy that knows he can just sometimes out-athleticize others or make plays with his feet goes to that too soon. So I've seen a lot of the Utah games. I have the Pac-12 channels, and I really watch a lot of Pac-12 games, so I watch a lot of Utah games, and I've been impressed. I've seen Tyler Huntley make some really impressive throws. Uh, he had a throw last year where he was like, got out of the tackle and in very, very limited space threw a ball downfield for a touchdown. That was one of the best throws in college football, I thought, last year. And other people might have just said, oh, yeah, good throw. But I know from a quarterback standpoint how difficult that was. So I've seen his ability to make difficult throws. I know how quick twitchy he is as a player. Um, you know, so really it's that, it's that element of experience where he knows – I only need to use this in these situations because I can play the game and get more done this other way. And a lot of the times that takes, you know, playing games where you may use your athleticism a little too much and then you're going back on tape saying, man, you know what? Instead of me running right there, 
and getting those four yards and trying to avoid a hit and getting crushed, I could have just checked the ball down right there. Or I could have moved in the pocket, and instead of me moving and becoming a runner, I could have stayed a passer, and now I can keep my eyes up and I can make this throw, all of those things. You know, the one thing I do wonder when I think about Utah football, and I hope it's okay that I'm kind of like answering another question that hasn't been asked yet, but I sometimes wonder with his progression and how many offenses have changed while he's been there, how that affects him. Just because I know one of the hardest things as a quarterback is when you're always changing offenses, you're always having to learn an offense. When you stay in the same offense, you get to build on each year. And then you get to have that football IQ of your offense. It just goes up dramatically, as opposed to always having to learning new names, new concepts, new progressions, new everything. And I sometimes wonder, because Utah has had so much turnover at the offensive corner position, how much has that affected growth and development of the quarterbacks there? John, you can uh, come on the show and ask yourself and answer questions anytime you want, my man. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Yep, you guys are welcome.